Hey, and welcome back to the I Got 7 in Spirits podcast. My name is Chris, and I'm a K-pop YouTuber and occasionally also a K-pop podcaster when I actually do my work. If this is your first time listening to my podcast, I'd suggest starting with episode zero, where I talk a bit about myself and what I'm doing with this podcast. It's not necessary and it's totally cool if you skip it, but it will give you a bit of insight into my favorite groups and my taste in K-pop, so definitely check that out if you're interested. So this is the third episode of the podcast, and I think it's time for me to come to terms with the fact that although I wanted this to be a monthly podcast, it's probably going to continue being a bi-monthly podcast as in once every two months, because apparently bi-monthly can mean either twice a month or every two months. Thanks for being vague, English. This is the podcast where I listen to a K-pop artist's entire discography and then talk about it. So far, we've talked about BAP, which is one of my semi-alt groups, and Block B, which was more of a first impression podcast, and today we're doing something totally different because we're going to be talking about nine different underrated groups and their discographies. And yes, I know I could have made that around 10, but it was originally supposed to be 7, and then I kept adding groups, so 9. Now, the term underrated in K-pop is a very interesting one to me because it gets thrown around a lot. The term underrated is something that I've wanted to make a video about for a while because I feel like it's overused and often misused within the K-pop community. So for the purpose of today's video, we're using the term to mean a group that is not well known. All groups I'm going to be talking about today have music video view count averages below 1 million, and most of them don't even have a single music video with over a million views. These groups all have fairly small discographies ranging from fewer than 10 songs to around 20-ish. They're also at varying stages of their career, with some debuting quite a while back, possibly even as a second generation group depending on how you define that, and some debuting only a year ago. And the current state of these groups also varies widely, with some having already disbanded, some being definitively still active, and some being a big ol' question mark. Either way, we're diving into all of these groups and discussing their music, and hopefully this will help to present their music to people who otherwise might not have heard of them. Another important thing to note before I jump into this is that because these groups are not super well known and are really underrated, sometimes it's hard to pin down every single song of their discography. Like for bigger groups, it's a lot easier because even if it's not all on Wikipedia or something, there are fans who have created websites with the entire discography listed out. But with these groups that aren't very well known, they don't have those like websites with the fan discographies. Sometimes they're not even on Wikipedia and they often release like one or two songs here and there. So it's super easy to miss a single altogether. So I think I found everything by all these groups, but if I do end up missing a song here or there, I apologize. It's because it's hard to get everything all in one place and make sure that you have everything. Without further ado, we have a lot to talk about. I think between these groups, there's over a hundred songs, so I'm gonna dive straight in. I'm gonna be talking about these groups in chronological order based on debut date, and if you want, I've provided timestamps in the description if you want to jump around to specific groups. Alright, so the first group I'm gonna be talking about is in Sonic. This is a group I discovered probably about a year ago, maybe a little bit over a year ago, um, when we get to the song, I'll tell you which song helped me discover them, but they debuted on October 6th, 2011, making them the oldest group on this list. Sonic debuted with five members, but over the course of their time as a group, there were nine total members with up to seven members at one time. They were under C2K Entertainment, and in 2016, the members requested the termination of their contract while simultaneously being sued by C2K for not appearing at their scheduled events. Then in mid-2017, the courts ruled in favor of the members, thus terminating their contracts and disbanding the group. Their discography is one of the larger ones in this podcast, consisting of a little under 20 songs. Their seven music videos average out to about 260,000 views per video and range from 185,000 to 540,000 views. This is actually pretty common among the groups on this list. A lot of them have a video view average around 250,000 with a range somewhere around 200 to 500,000. All right, so Sonic debuted with the single album We Are Superboys and the title track Superboy. 
Superboy does a good job of establishing the group's overall sound. It's intense, rhythmically driven, and mixing band and brass instrumentation with synths. The single also features a couple of B-sides, the first of which is the R&B slowdown I'll Never Let You Go, and the second of which is Never Stop, which centers around a really intense guitar and synth track. There's also a bit of a funky intro named after the group. So four songs total, one of which is an intro, and the single is a little bit all over the place, which I will say is actually kind of common for underrated groups and also for debuts. A lot of groups, if they're not from a major company, will try to kind of reach out in several different directions with their songs, and that seems to be what they were doing here. The group's first comeback wasn't until May 2013 with the single album Lie. Very different from their first release, Lie is more of a straight-up dance track. In my personal opinion, the song is a bit forgettable until the chorus, which actually has a really solid melody that I think elevates the song. The single features one b-side, which is Television, which is pretty much just along the same lines as Lie, it's another dance track. Their next release was in October 2013 with the mini-album Into the Light, featuring the title track Run and Run. Run and Run is a return to the sound Superboy established, but in my opinion, it's a much better execution. The instrumental is really fantastic with the guitar and strings, and although the verses are solid, the chorus really shines and has a fantastic, catchy melody. It's one of my personal favorite InSonic songs. Also on the mini-album are a dance electronic club song called Brand New Girl, and another song called Forever that is mid-tempo with a bit of a pop-rock vibe. And then, although I don't usually discuss intros, InSonic has some pretty good intros, and the one on here, which is called Brightly, is no different. It really leans more into the group's rock side than most of the other songs they've released. Their next comeback was in June 2014 with the single Reset, which features two songs that both got music videos. The first, Crazy, is much more stripped back and laid back for them, and is very vocally driven with a light, brassy track. It gives some good contrast to a lot of the very intense stuff they released before this. And then the second, Pop Beyond, is much more along the lines of Run and Run, with an intense guitar track and synths. In my opinion, the melodies aren't quite as strong as Run and Run's melodies, but it's a solid continuation of the sound that they've established. Their next comeback was in March 2015 with the mini-album Another Progress and the title track Blackout. Blackout takes away some of their rock instrumentation in favor of some unique synths, but maintains all of the intensity and rhythmic drive of their previous releases with a melodically solid chorus. It's another one that I really personally like. The mini-album features four b-sides, the first of which is a mid-tempo ballad called Real Love, then there's another mid-tempo throwback called Reality, an electronic dance track with some cool rock hits called Going Going, and a laid-back song called I Miss You, which isn't entirely acoustic but has that light-hearted acoustic summer song vibe. Overall, the mini-album maintains some of their sound while also adding in a variety, which is something that seems to be pretty common with like lesser known groups or more underrated groups. They maintain a specific sound that they've cultivated as their brand, but they also throw in some different variation in the B-sides so that their fans are happy, but also they possibly gain more fans by these different B-sides. So their next release was the single Steal My Heart in August 2015, which was also released as a Chinese single. This song features rock instrumentation almost exclusively and is, in essence, a pop rock song. It's actually very lighthearted and, dare I say, cute and it lacks the intensity that's usually within their other title tracks. And then their final release was in March 2016 with the single Excalibur, which also happens to be by far my favorite in Sonic song, and it's also the one that introduced me to them. I really can't think of any other K-pop songs that do 
really what this song does. It's very rhythmically driven, and it feels like a live band with strong drums and distorted guitar and synth. I know at this point I've thrown several of those words around a lot, but this song is truly very unique and special, and if you listen to any of their songs, this is the one to really give a chance just because of how unique I think it is within K-pop. So that's it for Insonic's discography. After going through that discography, despite absolutely loving certain songs within it, I can understand why they struggled to gain some sort of traction within the K-pop industry at the time. Their sound was something that was pretty popular at the time, and even though I think they had their own unique twists on the trends, the sparseness of their discography and lack of focus among the b-sides probably didn't help them gain too much traction. All that said, I do think they have several really special and unique songs, especially, again, Excalibur. Okay, moving on to our second group, which is The Legend. The Legend debuted on July 9th, 2014 with five members. They debuted under JK Space Entertainment, which eventually became SS Entertainment. The Legend was mostly active between 2014 and 2015 and disbanded in 2017 after winning a lawsuit against their company to nullify their contracts. Even though the group was together for nearly three years, they released only a little over 10 songs throughout that time. Several of these songs, including the title tracks, were actually written by their main rapper, Lito. Their seven music videos average out to about 260,000 views per video and range from 85,000 to 470,000 views. The Legend debuted with the single album The Legend and the title track Left Out, which has a catchy piano hook and powerful vocals, but less than impressive production. Even though I'm a musician, I'm not super knowledgeable about production, and even I think something sounds very off in the chorus. I can't put my finger on it, but I did like search it when I heard that, and it seems like some other people kind of agreed with me. So their first comeback was in October 2014 with their first mini album, Out of My Mind, and the title track, Lost. Lost is one of my favorite songs by them, and it features a prominent guitar track in the first verse and a really, really powerful soaring vocal performance in the chorus alongside a strong electric guitar instrumental. It's one of those songs that really feels timeless and free from trends. The mini album features two b-sides, the first of which is If Like Me, which is mid-tempo with a sexy R&B flair, and then the second one is I Wanna Know, which is a dark, dramatic dance track. Personally, neither of these songs stands out too much to me. Their next comeback was in January 2015 with the single Trace. Trace isn't quite a ballad, but it is slow and vocally driven with a simple sparse track, allowing the group's vocals to soar and shine, especially on the chorus. Their next comeback was August 2015 with the single Shadow. Shadow is a dark dance track with a catchy chorus and this really catchy lose your head now vocal hook. So their next comeback was in November with the single Nail, which is a sexy R&B song. It definitely slows things down a lot from Shadow. Personally, sexy R&B isn't my favorite, but this is one that I think is one of their more popular songs. It really feels like I'm speeding through these comebacks, but they really did release one song at a time throughout 2015, which is another thing that's really common within these very underrated, not super well-known groups. I'm assuming it's probably because their company isn't as, you know, rich as JYP or SM or YG, so therefore they have less money to work with and less money to pay composers and videographers and stuff like that, so they have to kind of put everything into one song at a time. I'm not totally sure about this, but it's very common with underrated groups, so I'm assuming they just like pool their resources into one song and try to do as much as they can with that one song. Their final comeback was in January 2016 with the mini-album Sound Up and the title track Crush On You. <laughs> 
And finally, we've arrived at my favorite song by The Legend. Crush On You is a funky, brassy throwback and just right up my alley. It's bright and fun, but feels very lush in a way. The mini album also features three new b-sides, or at least it seems to. The b-side This Way is labeled as the new version, but I can't find where it was originally released, so maybe it was released before? I don't know. Either way, it's a ballad with R&B flair that does a good job of building up from sparse piano-only instrumentation. The two definitely new b-sides are I Want You Back, which is a light, bright, catchy pop song, and You and I, which is a slow, stripped-back song featuring some really nice vocal harmonies and sparse instrumentation. Alright, so that finishes up all the songs by The Legend. If I'm being honest, they probably have my least favorite discography of the bunch. They have several solid title tracks, but I think they didn't quite find a good groove until the Sound Up mini-album, and by then, I'm sure they were reaching the end of their rope, leading to eventually suing the company over their contracts. The Legend is one of those underrated, disbanded groups that I often hear people wanting justice for, and while I think that's warranted, they might not be the one on this list that I'm personally screaming about. Alright, so next up on this list is Map 6, which is actually the first one of these groups that I discovered. Map 6 debuted on November 10th, 2015 with five members. They debuted under Dream Tea Entertainment and are now under All S Entertainment. Four of the five members were members of A Prince before their 2015 disbandment, and one of those members was also a member of Taken, a group that re-debuted as Aprons. Clearly this company likes rebranding their groups. Map 6 has the largest discography I'm going to discuss in this podcast with about 25 songs, several of which were released just this year. Their six music videos to date average out to about 495,000 views per video and range from 21,000 to 1.2 million views. So Map 6 debuted with the single Storm. <laughs> Storm is a dark, dramatic, mid-tempo song with a piano motive throughout as well as a powerful electric guitar instrumental in the chorus. It's simple, but in my opinion, effective with solid melodies. The B-side whistle showcases their lighter side with a synth mimicking a whistle throughout, but maintains a similar instrumentation to Storm, giving their debut some really great continuity, but some variety as well. Overall, I think it's a pretty solid debut. Their first comeback was in May 2016 with the single Swagger Time. This is not only their most popular song, but also the most popular song on this list as it's one of the only ones to have over a million views on the music video. Surprisingly, this was actually one of the first K-pop songs I really gravitated toward because I saw it in a K-pop game video, like one of those guessing game videos, not long after getting into K-pop. The song itself is extremely catchy with another synth whistle throughout and some unique brassy synths as well. There are some really strong string hits and the chorus is really rhythmic. Overall, the song isn't groundbreaking, but I think its catchiness is what has drawn many people to it. The single also features the b-side Love Is You, which is a light-hearted, laid-back pop song that's lightly retro. Next up are two Japanese singles from August 2016 that I can't find much information about online. The first is Love Story, which is much brighter and cuter than any of their previous releases. It's really up-tempo with heavy brass and a chugging guitar track throughout. Then the second is Cover With Love, a mid-tempo ballad that's like drenched in strings and driven by a piano instrumental. Like I said, I can't find much information about these online, I just found them on iTunes, and I don't see them mentioned anywhere online within their discography which is weird. I don't know how that happened, but they're there. Their next release in March 2017 was a Japanese release, which was a single titled No Surrender. No surrender. 
No Surrender is a return to their darker sound and is really intense and dramatic with a lot of glitchy synths. The single also features a few b-sides, which are Here We Are, a bright up-tempo dance track, Fairy, a light, cute, brassy bubblegum pop song, Fairy, which is a light, cute, brassy bubblegum pop song, and finally Ready Go, which is a straight-up party dance track. So as you'll see, much like the groups before it, they're keeping a certain sound, but also trying to add variety in wherever they can. Their next comeback was May 2017, back in Korea, with their single Momentum and the title track I'm Ready, which is my favorite song by them. Shockingly, it prominently features an electric guitar. Yes, I know I have a type. It's very rock-influenced, which I'm always gonna love. The b-sides on this single are Closer, which is a glitchy track that's intense, but not as dark as some of their other songs, and Stand By, which is a mid-tempo ballad. There are a lot of mid-tempo ballads on this list, because every group needs at least one mid-tempo ballad. Their next comeback was in November 2017 with the single Love Is Gone, which is another of my favorite songs by them. It has one of those timeless, solid choruses with prominent percussion, electric guitar, and strings. Often it feels more like a live band rather than a K-pop song, which may not be some people's thing, but as we've established is definitely my thing. Then in May 2018, they released a Japanese single titled Vroom Vroom. This included a Japanese version of Love Is Gone, with the new title track Vroom Vroom and two new B-sides. One of those B-sides has since been released as a Korean single. Starting with Vroom Vroom, it's a solid mid-tempo song. Not a major standout for me, but a solid song nonetheless. Then there's Follow Me, which is the one that was recently released as a Korean single. It starts off very piano-driven and laid back, but builds up to a very up-tempo chorus. Personally, I think it's a stronger single than Vroom Vroom, but that's just me. Then the final song on the single is Be As One, which feels like it's performed with a live band and has these really interesting little breaks in the verses. It's probably my favorite song on the single. Their next release is their first full Japanese album, which is called Map 6 The First, which they released in February 2019. Now, I believe the title track of this album is Magic, but I'm not entirely sure because there's not a full music video on YouTube. Alongside all the B-sides, Vroom Vroom is also included on this album. So let's start with Magic, which, like I said, I think is the title track for this album, and it's honestly pretty similar to Vroom Vroom. They both feature a laid-back guitar track in the verses, but Magic builds to more of a straight-up dance chorus. This will be a pattern on the album because there are a few other mid-tempo dance tracks. The first song, Ice Teruyo, is one of them and is rather laid back, while Make My Day, another b-side, serves up a bit more intensity, but they're both still mid-tempo dance tracks. Next up is Assassin, which finally gives us some change with this really gritty chorus and a hip-hop vibe throughout, which is definitely very different from anything else in their discography. Immediately following that is Negai Hikari. I'm so sorry if I'm butchering pronunciation. I literally only have the romanization for some of these rather than an English translation of the title. Um, <laughs> but this is a piano-driven ballad with strings. Even though it's a ballad, it's not super, super slow, but it's very pretty. The next song, Red, takes us back to a mid-tempo laid-back vibe, but this time again with a feel of live band and strings that we've seen on other releases, which I really enjoy. The next track, Super Sense, immediately takes us back in time to a retro vibe that seems to pull influence from several different eras. Following that is Magnetic, which feels very dramatic in a kind of cheesy 90s boy band way. And finally, the last song is Like the Moonlight, which is another piano-driven ballad, which I personally don't like as much as the other one. I think overall my favorites on the album are Red and Super Sense. Otherwise, the album feels a bit odd, with several songs really running together and a few songs feeling totally out of place from the rest of the album. Like, Assassin is really cool, but where did it come from? <laughs> so that's all of their songs, but I do want to mention that Korean single that I mentioned earlier. It is a Korean release of the Japanese song Follow Me, 
and it was in April 2019. It unfortunately doesn't have a music video, but it is the first time in quite a while that they've had a Korean release. Overall, Map 6 is interesting on this list because they have a pretty decent-sized Japanese discography, but haven't really been as active in Korea. Personally, I think they have pretty different sounds in the two markets, and while their Korean title tracks have been really up my alley, their Japanese discography is a bit hit or miss for me. But overall, definitely a group that needs more recognition. So next up, we have Mask, and I'm gonna go ahead and spoil you here, this is one of my favorites. They debuted under J Planet Entertainment on August 19th, 2016 with four members. Over the years, they've had several lineup changes. First, they added four members in 2017. Then in early 2018, there was an incident in which one member, Ace, physically assaulted another member, Chibin. Both members departed soon after, followed by two other members for unrelated reasons. After a lengthy absence, the now four-member group finally had a new comeback last month, still bringing them up to only eight songs released. Their five music videos to date average out to about 240,000 views per video and range from 51,000 to 705,000 views. Mask debuted with the mini-album Strange and the title track of the same name. Strange is a dark track featuring heavy drum kit, piano, and guitar instrumentals. It's a dramatic song and one of my favorite songs within a discography that, while small, is very strong. The B-side I Can't Breathe similarly has a track heavily featuring guitar, but is much more up-tempo and catchy. The breakdown after the chorus could easily be really basic, but is actually very complex and interesting. Then their B-side Meaningless builds up to more of a standard dance track, but it begins with those same instrumental influences, guitar, drum kit, kind of like a live band. Then the last song on the mini, Why Always Me, is probably the brightest, lightest song on the mini, still heavily featuring actual instruments alongside the synths. Overall, in my opinion, the mini is really solid and often sounds like they have an actual band backing them. So Mask's first comeback was in February 2016 with the single Tina. Honestly, the best way I can describe Tina is that it instantly reminded me of This Love by Maroon 5. It's not identical, and in some parts of the song it's not even similar, but bits and pieces of the instrumental, especially in the chorus, just really remind me of the song. As with their previous releases, there's an electric guitar instrumental throughout. Mask's next comeback was in October 2017 with the single Do It. The title track Do It was a massive 180 from the darker sound that they've had to this point and is also my favorite song by them. It's a bright, funky, retro song along with a guitar instrumental. It even has some of Michael Jackson's classic vocal ticks in it, which just cements that retro sound. I don't want to go so far as to call it a masterpiece, that's an exaggeration, but in terms of retro songs, for me it's top tier. It's so much fun and it's a song I can always rely on to make me smile. Then the B-side on the single is a mid-tempo song that's a brighter take on the sound that they established on their debut mini and is probably most similar to Why Always Me. Finally, their most recent comeback was, as I mentioned, last month with the single Mascara. <laughs> Personally, the song was a bit of a disappointment as it took the group in a completely different direction with a tropical house vibe, but thankfully, in true mask fashion, the song is still well put together with a solid chorus that doesn't fall into some of the current trend traps. That said, it is a bit of an anomaly within their discography. And that's it. They literally have eight songs in their discography, but this is one of my personal favorite discographies on the list. Apart from Mascara, they have one of the best sets of title tracks in the bunch, and their b-sides are just as good and solidify their sound. Honestly, until I saw their recent comeback, I was really worried that they were on the verge of disbanding because they'd gone over a year without a comeback. And I mean, maybe they're still close to disbanding, I don't know. 
but nonetheless they have a very distinct and unique sound and it's one I'd love to hear more of in the future. They went through a very trying event last year with the assault incident and I hope that the remaining members are able to thrive going forward and I hope that they end up gaining more support soon because like I said, I'm worried that they could still be on the verge of disbandment. Speaking of groups that you will probably like if you enjoy the same type of music as me, TST is next. TST originally debuted under the name Top Secret on January 4th, 2017, with seven members under KJ Music Entertainment. In 2018, they rebranded as TST, followed by the departure of their member Kyunga due to sexual assault allegations. TST is another of the groups with a decent-sized discography, coming in at around 15 songs. Their five music videos to date average out to around 430,000 views per video and range from about 175,000 to 685,000. Now, the reason that I said you might like TST if you like the same type of music as me is that they work a lot with the producers Sweet Tune, who are famous for basically creating Infinite's signature sound. And a lot of their work is within that similar vein, so if you like Infinite, you will probably like TST quite a lot. TST debuted with the mini album Time's Up and the title track She. Like I mentioned, She, along with Top Secret's other title tracks, was written and produced by Sweet Tune, and this time it was in collaboration with TST's Wu Young. As expected from a Sweet Tune track, it's a bright, fun song with 80s-inspired synths. It's brassy, light, and really fun. The B-side, Something Special, has similar influences, but is a really unique track with really interesting synths and a guitar track and a really, really solid melody. It's a cool song. Then there's Don't Call My Name, which isn't totally acoustic, but but it's got that general vibe, very laid back and light and summery. Then the final song on the mini is Without You, which at first sounds totally different from everything else, but then morphs into a laid back song with a throwback flair and a lot of strings. Their first comeback was in June 2017 with the mini album Wake Up and the title track Mind Control. <laughs> Mind Control was the first song I heard by them, and at first, the Mind Control chant in the chorus was a bit of a no thanks, but that little squiggly synth motive is impossible to resist. It's another sweet tune written song, and it shows in how bright and catchy it is. Seriously, that little synth is such an earworm. The mini also features three B-side tracks. The first is Dumb, which is one of those songs with the perfect mix of everything I love. Prominent guitar track, heavy strings, very fun and catchy. Even the little trap moment in the second verse still features the guitar. Next is Up and Down, which is another song that just reeks of Sweet Tunes touches, in a good way, of course. It's one of their fuller, denser songs than some of their lighter works, but the trademarks are all still there. Then there's Yes Man, which features prominent guitar and bass, and is a nice throwback that features some early 90s influences as well as the typical 80s sweet tune influences. Their next comeback was in May 2018 with the single Love Story. This was one of my favorite songs of 2018, mostly due to how bright and catchy it was. Although Sweet Tunes' work is mostly bright and light, this one is particularly so, with possibly the cutest, brightest chorus in TST's discography up until this point. It's really just a solid, bright pop song that builds really well and just Sweet Tune knows what they're doing. Their next comeback was in November 2018 with the single Paradise. This keeps true to their overall sound, but is much more pulled back and mid-tempo as opposed to their other title tracks. I've talked about Sweet Tune a lot in this section, but apart from just bright 80s synthy songs, they shine when it comes to solid melodies and lush songs, and that's what this is. It's another one of those songs that feels unattached to a certain point in time and free from trends, which is something I always enjoy. Finally, we reached their most recent comeback in February 2019 with the single Wake Up, even though they already have a mini album called Wake Up. I don't know who decided this. Either way, this has really grown to be one of my favorite TST songs and one of my favorite 2019 songs. 
The chorus is a bit disappointing in comparison to the rest of their songs, as it's mostly reliant on a cute, bright chant, but the verses of the song is where it really, really shines. <laughs> The melodies and the way they build are really a brilliant and quintessential sweet tune. There are certain sections of this song, mostly the verses, where I could just hear Infinite performing this song. There's one B-side on the single, and it's a ballad called I'll Meet You, which is a solo for the group's lead vocalist, Kay. The band instrumentation with piano and strings on this one is really pretty. Overall, I think TST has a really, really solid discography. The fact that they've worked consistently with Sweet Tune not only gives them a distinct sound, but it means they've been given fantastic compositions to work with, and it's something that I can't wait to see more of in the future. Like I said at the beginning, if you really like Infinite, especially the early sound, TST is right up your alley because they worked with the exact same producers who have a very distinct sound and always do amazing work. Okay, moving on to our first girl group on this list, and that is Marmello possibly also my favorite group on this list. Don't hold me to that, I'm very torn. There are a lot of fantastic groups on this list, but I really like Marmello. Marmello debuted under Rolling Culture One on May 25th, 2017, with five members, all of whom were friends from high school. Unlike almost all of the other groups on this list, Marmello is actually a band, and they're probably the least known group on this list, but also probably my personal favorite. In April 2018, their keyboardist, Taun, left the group to focus on her studies. Since her departure, they haven't released any new music, and in doing research for this podcast, I discovered that they've privated their Twitter and deleted their website and other SNS, so it appears they might have disbanded, which would be really disappointing for me, and I really hope it's not the case and they're just on hiatus or something. They have one of the smallest discographies on this list, coming in at only six songs. Their four music videos to date average approximately 125,000 views and range from 65,000 to 245,000 views. Marmelo debuted with the single Puppet, which is a light-hearted pop rock song. Although they don't have a single song I dislike, this is one of my favorites by them, and I think it was a really solid debut. The song is catchy, bright, and fun with really solid melodies. Then their first comeback was in October 2017 with the single Can't Stop. While still solidly pop rock, Can't Stop definitely leans more toward their rock side with more powerful guitar hits and rock vocals, but they're accompanied by some synths as well. It also has a really interesting structure, which for once I don't especially love, but it definitely makes the song more unique. And we're already to their next and final comeback to date, and possibly forever, which was their mini-album Wake Me Up. Wake Me Up features four new songs plus an acoustic version of one of those new songs. The title track of the mini is Wake Me Up, which is my favorite of their songs. It starts out with this really soulful piano riff and has retro influences throughout with some really cool brass and synth hits. In my opinion, it's a really well put together song and it was in my top 20 of 2018. They also released a music video for another song on the mini called Moonlight, which was also rebranded as the moment of glory to support the Korean national football team. Moonlight starts off very sparse, very typical pop rock, and honestly a bit generic, but has some really interesting instrumental moments near the end. It's one of my least favorites by them, mostly due to weaker melodies overall, but it's still a really solid song. Apart from Wake Me Up, my favorite song on the mini is Pocket Doll, which is another of their most melodically solid songs. It's another that's pretty straight up pop rock with a really catchy chorus. Then the last song on the mini is Thank You, plus its acoustic version, which is a slowdown with really powerful vocals that feels very reminiscent of something Avril Lavigne would have done back in the day. I notoriously am not a huge fan of slow songs, but this is one I really love. So those are all of the songs Marmello has released, and I have a sinking suspicion that those are going to be the only six songs they ever release, which would be... A huge disappointment because every song so far has been really good and 
Female bands in K-pop are rare, so it would be a shame to lose Marmelo so quickly. Like I said, their Twitter is now privated and a lot of their other SNS has been deleted, so I think the future looks dim, but please, if you're interested, still go check out their music. You never know what could happen. It's possible that they're just going on hiatus. I don't know, but if this is a sound that appeals to you, still try to support them if you can or if you want to, because it would be a shame to lose this group so early in their career with such a small but powerful discography. Our next group on the list is Great Guys. Great Guys debuted under DNA Entertainment on August 25th, 2017, with nine members. Now, unlike the other groups on this list, they haven't had any sort of controversy or members leaving to date, so I don't have anything super interesting to say here. They do have one of the smaller discographies on this list, though, with only seven songs. Their four music videos to date average out to about 250,000 views per video and range from 85,000 to 365,000. Great Guys debuted with the single Last Men, which is a straight-up dance track with a dubstep-esque breakdown. The chorus is really solid and powerful, and the only possible complaint I have about the song is that it slides into trap music in the second verse, which is kind of a K-pop cliche over the past few years. But then they did a bit of a 180 with their first comeback, which is the EP Kanda, in April 2018. The title track, Kanda, is a cute, bright song with a bit of a tropical influence. This is one that definitely had to grow on me a bit, but they seem to be going back and forth between dark and light concepts each comeback. The B-side on here, Ah Yeah, is interesting in the fact that the actual hook in the chorus is a synthesized voice that is really more a part of the beat than a vocal melody. Personally, I don't think it works super well, but it was an interesting attempt. Honestly, it really reminded me of a one-phrase chorus, but it was an interesting take on it, at the very least. So their next comeback was with the mini-album Take Off in September 2018. The mini-album features their three previously released songs, the new title track Illusion, and two new B-sides. Illusion is a return to their debut darkness and is my favorite of the songs they've released to date. It was one of my favorite songs of 2018, largely because of the guitar track that runs throughout the song. It also features some really cool glitchy synths. The B-side, Butterflies, is another favorite of mine as it has a bit of a light rock influence with a guitar instrumental featured throughout. The chorus certainly isn't reinventing the wheel, but it's kind of timeless in a familiar way, which is something I always enjoy. It's a really solid song that has the charm of an acoustic song without actually being acoustic, if that makes sense. And then the last song on the mini is, as expected, our obligatory ballad. It relies mostly upon vocals and a piano instrumental with light strings and synth percussion that comes in stronger as the song progresses. As I think I've pretty well established, I rarely have much to say about these types of songs, and there's nothing about this one that particularly stands out to me. Random tangent, but I have been wanting for a while to make a video about ballads or slow songs or like mid-tempo songs that I actually like, since I'm so blah on many of them, and there are several in this video actually, but this is not one of them. Then finally, their most recent comeback was a single called Trigger, featuring the title track Dang, which takes us back to their brighter sound, this time with my much-beloved throwback twist. It's got a bit of a synthy disco influence and is very rhythmic while still featuring strong melodies. Overall, I really hope they decide to stick with the sounds they gave us in their two most recent comebacks, as I think those are their most successful bright and dark songs so far. Although it's not their most viewed video, they got a good deal of attention for Illusion, and I hope that can help them gain momentum going forward. Next up is the most recent addition to this list. I don't know why I didn't think to add them before last week, but I was thinking about it and I was like, why isn't this group on the list? And that's Eyes 
which I didn't realize was how you pronounced it. I thought it was I-Z, but no, it's Eyes. Eyes debuted under Music K Entertainment on August 31st, 2017, with four members. Eyes is the other band on this list, and for being one of the newest groups on the list, they actually have a pretty decent-sized discography at around 15 songs. Their four music videos to date average around 535,000 and range from 95,000 to 1.1 million, so again, that one is one of the more popular songs on this list. Eyes debuted with the mini-album All You Want and a title track of the same name. Now, All You Want is a super interesting song, which starts out very laid back and completely switches tone in the chorus, speeding up the tempo to be more of a true pop rock song and returning to the laid back vibe in the verse again. It's very jarring and it takes a little bit to settle back into whatever tempo they got into, but I really like it. Other songs on the mini are Is You, which is a very mellow, kind of hazy slowdown that feels very reminiscent of the Beatles, Crush on You, which kind of has a Latin vibe to it and is much more up-tempo, and finally You and Me, which is a true ballad with strings, piano, the works. Overall, like with a lot of these lesser-known group debuts, they have a lot of things going on on this debut, but they all are really interesting in their own way. Personally, I think this is one of the more interesting debuts on the list. Their next release was in May 2018 with the mini-album Angel and the title track of the same name. Angel was the first song by them that grabbed my attention because the melody in the chorus is really strong, and overall I think it's a really solid song. It was on my list of favorite songs of 2018 as well. The mini-album has four b-sides, the first of which is Granulate, which is another song that feels very Beatles-esque and very hazy. The next one, which I believe is pronounced Ole Ole, is a really awesome, glitchy, foot-stomping rock song. There's also Tears, which is a pretty standard rock ballad. And then finally, Heartbeat is a really interesting song that I'm finding it very hard to describe. It's very catchy and up-tempo with some throwback references, but it's really hard to nail down a way to describe it well. But overall, it's a really cool song. Their most recent comeback was in May 2019 with the single album Re-Eyes and the title track Eden. They also released a music video for the B-side Hello. Eden is literally straight-up nostalgia for me because it's the type of pop-punk alternative rock blend that I've always loved. That guitar riff in the chorus hits me right in the nostalgic feels, like an actual headbanger K-pop song with more chill verses. And then there's Hello, which is much more laid back and feels like a ballad at times, but again, that chorus hits really hard in the nostalgic feels because it's like that mid-2000s emotional rock chorus. It's so good. So that's it for their discography. It's kind of one of those small but mighty discographies. They're doing some really interesting things and blending K-pop and rock in some really cool ways. Lately, I've seen some people tweeting about how they might be on the verge of disbandment due to lack of popularity, and I'm not sure if that's true. I see stuff like this going around a lot, and I've also seen some people saying otherwise, so I don't know, but they definitely deserve more attention, and another few sets of eyes watching their Eden music video certainly wouldn't hurt. Wink wink, nudge nudge. Alright, so on to our final group for this list, which is Neon Punch. Neon Punch debuted under A100 Entertainment on June 28, 2018, with five members. One of their original members, Terry, officially left the group at the beginning of 2019 and was replaced by a new member, Dohi. Neon Punch has the smallest discography of all the groups in this podcast, with only five songs. Their two music videos to date average out to about 540,000 views per video, and range from 165,000 to 865,000. Neon Punch debuted with the single Moonlight, which to date is probably still my favorite song by them, and was also one of my favorite debuts of 2018. 
The chorus has a really strong melody, and the song has a bit of influence from disco and a bit from 90s house, the latter of which seems to be the sound the group is going for overall. Their first and only comeback to date was in January 2019 with the mini-album Watch Out and the title track TikTok. Similar to Moonlight, TikTok is a 90s throwback with some synth motives that are real earworms. Both title tracks to date are bright, retro, and really fun. The B-sides take similar influence, especially Like It and My Friends. Like It is a bit more mid-tempo, but equally catchy, while My Friends is brighter and more bubblegum pop than the rest of the mini with a piano synth throughout. I might like this one even more than TikTok, to be honest. And then the last song is Goodbye, which is the mini's obligatory slowdown moment, taking a bit more of an R&B influence. So overall, Neon Punch is still a rookie group, not even a year old, and while they've already gained more traction than many of the groups on this list, the steep drop-off between their first and second music video views is concerning, given that they're from a small company and therefore a bit less likely to be able to stand the test of time. Okay, Whew. so that was a whole nine groups and their discographies. I don't want to ramble much longer because that really felt like a marathon, but very quickly, I want to talk about my favorite groups and discographies after finishing this list. Marmello is definitely my number one standout personally. Every song they've released has been great, and although it's not likely, I really hope they do end up continuing on. The other biggest standouts for me are Mask, Eyes, and TST. Mask has a really interesting style despite a small discography. Eyes is doing some really interesting things with their K-pop and rock fusion, and TST has a really distinct, well-defined, and polished sound that has continued through one of the largest discographies on this list. I'm not sure I'd go as far as to add any of them to my bias list yet, but I keep that list pretty small and manageable. Marmello and Mask are both super close though. But those are just my personal favorites. Feel free to let me know if you checked out any of the music on this list, and if so, what you thought of it and who your favorites are. Please also remember that since these groups are not super well known, if you like one of them, make sure to support them because lesser known groups almost always are on much more uneasy footing within the K-pop industry and they could be in a make-or-break situation without the fans realizing it. So that's it for this third episode of the podcast. Sorry it took so long to get out. This year has really been a roller coaster so far, and I seriously do think it's time to admit to myself that another one of these probably won't be out until August at the earliest. That said, I do think I've already decided on my next group, which is Red Velvet. Red Velvet was one of the groups I really wanted to do a podcast on upon creating this podcast, and since I love their red summary concept and they have a comeback soon, this seemed like the perfect time to do a podcast on them. Originally, I wanted to talk about them in April, but then realized they had a Japanese comeback in May and wanted to wait for that, and now we've got even more. So I think that Red Velvet is the one that I'm going to do my next podcast on, but I might change that. I don't know. I'm not very good at making decisions and sticking to them. Anyway, that is it. If you made it through this entire podcast, I really appreciate it because this is probably a very long one, and hopefully the next one, like I said, will be out in August if I can manage it. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you.